Here we go. Uh, uh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. Brian Song here for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. And thank you to all of you who continue to support this show at patreon.com slash Tong. We'll talk about that during the ad break. But this show is all about you. We continue to get tons of phone calls, and I love it. 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Leave your name, where you're from, your comments, your reactions, uh, maybe your corrections as well, because I could get stuff wrong too. But let's just jump in the show right now, and we kick off with the latest story. Maybe not the sexiest headline, but still, this is really cool because data and privacy is such a big deal these days. Apple has launched a new privacy portal called its data and privacy website, and this is going to allow Apple users to download everything an Apple personally associates with your account, everything from your Apple ID info, your App Store activity, Apple Care history, and data stored in iCloud like photos and documents. Now, this is only currently available to the European Union accounts at the moment. This is to comply with GDPR. That is the General Data Protection Regulation, and it's this legal framework that sets guidelines for the collection and processing of your personal information for individuals within the European Union. Now, GDPR will go into effect across the EU on May 25th, 2018, and so Apple says, hey, we're going to comply with this but also we're going to roll out this worldwide in the coming months. And this is why it's really important. You'll be able to get simple shortcuts to update your info, deactivate your account, but also, again, download all of your data that Apple has on you associated with your account. Things such as your contacts, calendars, notes, bookmarks, reminders, photos, and documents, stats like your usage from Apple Music and Game Center, and your purchase history from the App Store and iTunes, Everything you can think of that is personally identifiable can be found here and all be downloaded. So this is really cool stuff. Yeah, a lot of times we ignore what's on the cloud, but to be able to get actual physical copies of this data is important. We know data and privacy is has over specifically, feels like maybe the past year and a half or two has become a big, big deal. There's a lot of us that are still worried about how much data we give to these companies. Uh, We've had hacks at multiple banking sites, financial institutions, places like Yahoo uh, that had a lot of your personal information. Facebook has been compromised uh, through data as well. And we, we haven't seen a big, big thing that we know of happen to Google yet. But I th- when and if that happens, that'll be a big deal is how much data are we going to give to these companies It makes people feel uncomfortable. Even the voice assistant stuff of devices always listening to us makes people feel uncomfortable. So Apple is doing this to follow the guidelines with the the European Union. It is coming to us sometime soon worldwide. They have not given an official date, but if you're curious about more of the details, you can check it out, their data and privacy site online. All right, let's go to some of the good stuff you guys all want to talk about. WWDC, the official invites have been sent out to media by Apple. Guess who wasn't on the list? Well, guess what? I wasn't on the list when I was with that other company. I'm still not on the list, and that's okay because I'm telling you, I'm cooking something up. We are going to have a legit BTZ live stream 
for WWDC. I'm still getting all the details locked down, but that has been one of my goals as I launched and decided to go independent. Let's do the live shows the way that I built them, the way that I that I always have, because, um, yeah, those ideas and all that crazy stuff, our bingo card, getting in your live calls, polls and tweets, just making it a super interactive experience. I want that. It's what I built over there. I want that for you guys and gals, so just be on the lookout for that. Okay, enough of me about me. The Apple invites have been set. The keynote will be held on Monday, June the 4th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, where we'll see, obviously, a lot of stuff centered around the latest updates in software. This is not always or necessarily the biggest keynote when it comes to hardware, but we're talking about iOS 12, tvOS 12, watchOS 5, watchOS 5, also macOS 10.14, macOS Diaz 14? 14. Si, me gusta. So that will all be there. But the other thing really is, what is what do you guys want to see, right? There's so many things that are we haven't seen yet that are on tap that we're waiting to see. What's going on with the air power mat? The wireless charging mat that looks like a maxi pad. Are they going to bring that to the table? The Mac Mini, will its fate be shown at WWDC? It hasn't seen an update, I think, in almost three years now. Is that still part of their product line? Tim Cook said it was important to them. We've got to hear something about the Mac Mini here at uh, WWDC. We, we just have to, un- unless they're getting rid of it. Will we get a Mac Pro progress update? Something that's still at least a year out. Plenty of rumors around the iPhone SE 2. Like, I think, though, the biggest theme that they have to address, and they did not, I remember at WWDC 17, my number one priority was how will they address Siri and what will Siri do? It was a blip on the radar. They did. They barely covered how it was getting better. I think more than ever, WWDC 2018 needs to show us something about Siri. And unfortunately, there's no way they're going to be able to catch up and show us anything close to what Google did at latest Google I.O. But what are they doing? And if they don't talk about Siri extensively, which is the heart of their voice assistant, which is the heart of their HomePod, which is severely lacking compared to the competition, and they kind of just ignore it and brush it under the rug, it's going to look bad because the new way that we interact with our devices, specifically the home, is through voice. Apple has got to bring us something to the table. We can also talk about, are they going to show us some of the rumors of unified apps uh, with iOS to macOS? Will we, what will we actually see from iOS when reports have come out that it's going to be an incremental update that kind of polishes the edges and we may not see anything major or significant with iOS 12? And if that is the case, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to be happy about that. We saw what Android P is starting to look like, even taking a page from Apple with gesture-based controls. But there's so many questions. There's so many things that we want to see. I want to know what is the most important thing that you want to see personally at WWDC. You can call us one 833 abxl That's 833-888-2295. What is the most important thing that you want to see at WWDC. We'll have one more show before the keynote, so it'll still be relevant and green, whatever you guys and gals all talk about. Really, really curious how it's all going to shake out. 
In addition to that, related to everything going around WWDC, Apple is planning to reportedly share news on their new Apple file system support for Fusion drives. This happened because a letter or a note was sent to Craig Federighi, you know, a fan from Apple, said, asked him straight up, his name is Jonathan, what is going on with AFPS for Fusion drives? In response, Federighi said, Hi, Jonathan, we intend to address this question very soon. Thanks, Craig. Now, this is, this is right, the Fusion Drive, I have one on my iMac. I think, is my iMac a 2012 or 2011? It's old. It's still ticking real well. But mine has a Fusion Drive, which basically combined a hard drive with a flash storage to give you kind of some of the speed of a solid-state drive, but also still keep it affordable. It was... I think, I believe my iMac, my big screen 27-inch iMac before the 5K display was the first Fusion Drive Mac that they had. Um, It's used in iMacs and Mac minis. And yes, I do need to upgrade. Trust me. I got to, I'm doing this on my own. I need to get a little more cheddar before I upgrade. But in response to this, Craig Federighi said it's coming soon. I'm hoping that we see something for it. This is, if you aren't familiar with Apple's file system, This is their optimized new kind of modern architecture, modern file system that is really optimized for solid state drives specifically. It's a 64-bit architecture designed for the flash storage. It's also designed to make things common tasks like duplicating files, finding the size of folders, contents that's happened instantly, and even more secure built-in encryption that is crash-safe protections and simplified data backups on the go. This is replacing... HFS Plus and Apple's new more modern file system. We want to see that. I think that's something that is not front facing. It happens behind the scenes, but it's an important feature for macOS. I said macOS, Mac OS. So we'll see what happens there. In iPhone news, a new report from Bloomberg says that Apple supplier TSMC is beginning production of its processors destined to make it into the 2018 iPhone. This would be the next generation 7 nanometer A12 chips that will be used in the 2018 iPhone lineup. Remember, Apple is reportedly working on three phones, a current, the current kind of update to the 5.8 iPhone 10, a higher, larger end 6.5 inch iPhone 10-ish design OLED base. I guess we'll call it the 11 or maybe it'll call it the 10 plus. We're not sure yet but also a third lower cost 6.1 inch phone that is based on similar designs, but will have an LCD screen that will be lower in price. All of them are expected to have a true depth camera system with face ID and the edge to edge display with the minimal bezels that Apple is known for, for the 10 right now. Now this new seven nanometer chip, this will be the first time they ever offer this in any Apple product. It'll give us 40% more power and smaller area, surface area, which will allow them to, I guess, in essence, make the phone a little smaller. I mean, the processor isn't that big, per se. I want, why are we still obsessed with slim phones now? Can we get past that and just start working on longer battery life? I, this has been a request of mine for, I don't know how long, years, five, six, seven years. I don't care. I don't care how slim the phone is. Give us two day battery life nonstop, a true two-day battery life. I think people would go bonkers 
if that would be the talk of the town in any phone if we got there. But look, the processes are more powerful. The phones are more demanding. They're doing more things. It's just one of those games of catch up that probably won't be happening anytime soon. But just give us something. So TSMC is believed to be the only partner Apple's working with with the new A12 chips. They were also their only supplier for the A11 and the iPhone 10, 8, and 8 Plus chips. But they are in production right now. They're being manufactured as we speak. Obviously, iPhone's expected sometime in September. Also, another cool story for iPhone users. Yeah, there were plenty of headaches about the iPhone 6 and 6S and the battery replacements. Apple officially put out a statement today for the iPhone out-of-warranty battery replacement credit. Apple is offering a $50 credit to customers who paid for an out-of-warranty battery replacement for the iPhone 6 or later devices between January 1 and January and December 28, 2017. So these eligible battery replacements had to be completed at an authorized Apple service location. You couldn't go through a third party. So if it's Apple Store, Apple Repair Center, or Apple Authorized Service Provider, you're going to get a credit that will be given to you as an electronic fund transfer or credit on the credit card used to pay for it. How do you know if you're eligible? Well, Apple will directly contact customers between May 23rd and July 27th of this year with instructions on how to obtain the credit. So you're getting a $50 credit back, which would make the price, it was $79 for out-of-warranty battery replacement. So it'll basically align itself to be a $29 replacement, much like what people are paying today. And come on now, Apple finally like retroactively going back and showing some love. Yeah, that's going to be a good Apple. You got to give them love for that. Good job, Apple. I I think they've done everything they possibly can to address the battery issue, which was horrible and crappy and stupid, the fact that they hit it. So now they're offering software tools. They offered a $29 program for out-of-warranty people, and people that already paid for battery replacement, they're giving you $50 back, so it was $29. I think that shows a, a big deal of care for the customer base because, come on, They just want you to buy the next phone. And most of you may or may not. We'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what they what they bring to the table. And iOS 12 at WWDC will be very telling of how much will we really be getting in the next iPhone. All right. We're gonna take a little breather to celebrate the sponsor of this show, which is you. That's right. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. This is a way for you to support this show to continue to make it happen. I am independent in doing this on my own. It starts at $1 a monthly $1 subscription fee if you'd like to. It's kind of like supporting me to do this content. You can go up to $5. There's higher tiers. There's rewards at different levels. So just check it out. I'm so grateful. I continue to be grateful to allow me to do what I do. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. And hopefully if I have given you anything of value, you can return that as well. All right, we continue to roll on through the stories and we will have voicemails later in the show because it's all about you all. Apple is being hit with a second class lock act. Sorry, I can't even read right now. Apple's being hit with a second class action lawsuit 
over the defective keyboards in the recent MacBook and MacBook Pro models. This is specifically related to their ultra-thin. Remember how they touted the uh, butterfly keyboard that was super low profile? I actually didn't. I was never even a fan of the low-profile butterfly keyboard. It. I just want a little more depth and a little more bounce to my keyboard. That's just me personally. Anyways... Mac rumors, they first highlighted this where people were having issues and complaints about the keyboard thing where this butterfly switch mechanism would become non-functional according to the class action lawsuit. This is things where maybe dust would get under them. Um, There were non-functional keys, sometimes strange high-pitched sounds on some keys, keys that didn't have a uniform feel. And also when some of these keys would just break, you there wasn't really because of how they built this there wasn't an easy way to address this issue a lot of people had to actually go into the stores and out of warranty right get their keyboard replaced for $700 all right this the complaint alleges thousands of customers have suffered from this if you have and you haven't really addressed this is something to pay attention to because we know right the MacBook and MacBook Pro models that's so, that's their biggest bread and butter when it comes to the Mac line So there was even a change.org petition. Apple has still yet to actually address this directly. It's kind of a big deal. But there are two now class action lawsuits related specifically to the MacBook Pro. And again, because of the way they made it, the process to replace this involved the entire top case assembly, the aluminum enclosure housing the keyboard, the trackpad, the speakers, and grills. Yeah, not not so hot. So they, I don't know if we'll hear them tout about the key, the butterfly keyboard anymore, especially with all this going on. They better watch out. In other news, uh, this is a sketchy report, but we might as well float it out that we've heard about the rumblings of a 199 HomePod. Well, a new report from uh, via the supply chain and news outlet Cena says that Apple is planning their 199 HomePod. Okay, that's nothing new. But they're throwing out the idea that it will have Beats branding underneath it. That will be interesting to see. It could be a mistake. I think that I don't care about a 199 HomePod right now. I care about making the HomePod actually good. Like make it work. Beyond the sound and beyond the look, which I do like. I think the look is actually, it. it's not that bad. Although it could be anything ranging from a toilet paper roll or a cat scratching post or, you know, a big old spool of yarn or, you know, (laughs) that you see at a craft store. It could be all of those things, but just make it work. Make Siri, it's all about Siri, guys. It's all about their voice assistant. So we'll see what happens there. Again, a very loose rumor that we don't have to get too worked up about. In another story, we know that content is king. Apple is ramping up on their own. Apple's I guess, exclusive content service. We don't know what it will actually be called. Most likely, they'll roll it in somehow to the uh, TV app, which is on the Apple TV, but it allows you to watch movies and TV shows, but it's called the TV app. Yeah, I know. It sounds confusing. They should just call it the Watch app, whatever they call it. I don't know. Then they have their Apple Watch. That's confusing too. (laughs) Anyways, Apple loses out as Netflix inks a content deal With former President Barack Obama, it's a multi-year production deal that will see himself and the First Lady, former First Lady Michelle Obama, producing television shows and films for the service, according to the New York Times. 
Apple was rumored to be interested in working with them, but it, that was only if the Netflix deal fell through. Apple's been working with a variety of different comedians and artists for exclusive content on their service. I know they have, uh, I think, deals with like Kristen Wiig to do a comedy series. Um, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon were going to be working on something with them. Also deals specifically with Kevin Durant on like a sports drama show, a variety of things. Uh, they do have Carpool Karaoke, was which was just made free. Like all the episodes were just unlocked to be free on their service because uh, yeah, they. I don't. I honestly didn't hear anyone talking about the Carpool Karaoke episodes that were actually on Apple's music service. It wasn't like everyone was saying you have to see this. So they still have a long ways to go. If they can lock down some really great shows and great content, people will watch it. I just don't know if I'm willing to pay nine ninety nine as a customer. I am as a reviewer of tech and who loves this stuff. I'm going to check it out. But would I be a consistent subscriber and continue that? I don't know. They're going to have to deliver a whole lot in order for me to do that. All right, let's get to our voicemails. We know it's all about you all. Thank you so much. We had a lot of people call in with more kind of follow-up about Siri and Duplex, and we got some great stuff. So let's jump right into them. First up, our caller, Anthony from California. BTZ, what's up, brother? It's your boy, Anthony from California. So good to hear you, man. Great to have you back. Thank you so much. Definitely supporting you on Patreon, man. Thank you. Uh, my question's around the HomePod, dude. So uh, I own one. I love it. I know how people feel about it, but I love it. Uh, but every time I try to activate this thing and I say, hey, S, my phone goes off, my watch goes off, everything goes off. And I'm like, man, I really wish that they would call it something else. And then it kind of hit me. I'm like, dude, what if they got this guy from Google and they bring him over to completely redo Siri, right? And they debut that thing on the HomePod. I mean, think about it. Smart speakers are becoming way more mainstream. Uh, they sold, I think you said, like $4 million or something last quarter. Uh, anybody with an Amazon Echo, I think we can pretty confidently say that they interact with Alexa more than whatever's on their phone. Uh, what if Apple kind of identified this and is going to kind of blow us away? I know it's a long shot, right? But what if they debut this AI on the HomePod? I think it'd be a great selling point for the HomePod. Um, you have a lot more people, I think, change their mind. What do you think about them focusing more on the smart speaker at home than the AI in your phone? Do you think that would make a difference, and do you think that would work? Let me know, man. Love the show. Thank you so much. Keep it going. We'll definitely support you, all right? Thanks. All right. Thanks for the support, bro. Um, I think you make a really interesting point about focusing on the HomePod. I think, to again, to your point, it has to be, and it has to be completely rebuilt for the HomePod, but... Apple isn't, they wouldn't just keep this from their other devices. Ultimately, end of the day, they just need to make Siri up to par or somewhere remotely close. We're not even saying to be as good. I mean, they need to be better, quite honestly, than the competition. They're not going to be because they're already so far behind in this race. Now, again, when they had a huge lead with the iPhone 4S, the iPhone 4S, right? Oh my gosh. So, as long as they make Siri better, I'm okay with it being on every device because having a fragmented voice assistant that is different from one device to the other, that's problematic for them. But maybe launching it on the HomePod with, could be, I don't know if it's, it quite honestly would have to be HomePod 2.0, right? It would have to be the next HomePod because it's gonna take them at least a year and a half or two to bring a new assistant. So, 
we'll see. But I, old, at you know, I think that they just got to get Siri better. I don't even mind that it sets off all my devices. I would just rather it work. <laughs> like, I would just rather it work. All right, next up, we've got a call from Jared. He also wants to talk about what Apple could do. Hey, Brian, this is Jared calling from Vermont, a longtime listener of the Apple Bytes, big fan. Uh, just giving my opinion on the whole Siri situation with Apple. You mentioned Apple sitting on a bunch of money. I think Apple should just try and buy Google's voice assistant or Amazon's voice assistant, get rid of Siri altogether, and then just put them on the Apple products. And then that way they can don't have to start from scratch again, and they have a working voice assistant that everybody already loves. Uh, just wondering what your thoughts are on that. I know it won't ever happen, but it would be nice to see. Love the show. Bye. Jared, awesome call, man. I love the I love the thinking of, you know what, just go just go buy their assistant. Just go get someone else's because the reality and which he knows is not only is it not gonna happen, no there no one's going to Okay, fine, I shouldn't say no one. But Amazon has finally a product, a consumer product that everyone loves, knows, and resonates with. They won't sell it to Apple. They're, they're, this whole space is growing so much. Google sure as hell ain't going to sell their assistant to Apple. So Apple's just left in this corner. I think, I love the dream, Jared. I, I it's a, It is a dream of mine, um, but it's not going to happen. And, you know, people need to look out for the Google Assistant now. It What it showed at Google I.O., it is now getting to the point, other than not having the same smart home support that the Amazon Echo has, and they can always catch up to that. But uh, the Google Home, I, it's ready to take that next leap and be the leader in the virtual home assistant space. It may not be there from a sales standpoint, but from a technology standpoint, it's there. It is, it's ready. And so just watch out because this thing is going to evolve and continue to change. In the next year or two, we might see the shift start to happen, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I, it, but from a brain standpoint, it's always been there, honestly, from a brain standpoint, but Amazon has this huge lead and they're going to hold on to it, but the market is continuously changing. Uh, and even market share from Amazon dropped from something like 84 to like 43% from the last year because of how other companies and competition are coming into play now. So really interesting to watch. All right, let's get into our last call, my man Brandon from Chi-Town. Hey, I'm Brandon from Chicago. Love the show. Glad you're back on. I listened to you talk uh, the hybrid, and I just don't see, like, like, I hate fingerprints on my screen. So, like, to have a computer with, like, a beautiful display and all these fingerprints on it, I feel like that'd be a really big problem. And my second comment is, like, I really think Duplex is, like, really cool. But I worry about the data that, you know, that's, been, that, that, that's really being used there. Like, that's so much data. I don't, I, I'm, I'm really, like, kind of creeped out by it. Sorry about that, but, yeah. All right, bye. <laughs> I, you're not the only one that's creeped out by it. Look, it was creepy to me. I just think it's awesome. But there's plenty of people that felt uncomfortable. And, and just a follow-up real quick, Google did uh, recently announce a few days ago that when these robocalls through Google Duplex happen, that the caller on the other side will be informed 
that they're actually not talking to a real person. So for everyone that was complaining about, oh, this is not ethical, which makes no sense at all, they're going to have a some sort of blur before the call that it's a robot. But let's go back to your point about the hybrid and fingerprints. It's funny you say that because I have an iPad Pro and I use it all the time. And I guess I'm just kind of used to the fact that there's gnarly fingerprints all over my device. Like I wipe it down and everything, but uh, it's not that. The thing is that at certain angles, it can look bad, but it honestly doesn't bother me too much. And I loved interacting with the Surface Pro. I just think it's it just has that awesome gadgety, not gimmicky feature, but just you use it. So if I'm actually using it, and then I can also use my machine like a full-on PC, I'm down for that. Like, I want that. I'm all about that. All right, so thanks again, everyone, for calling. Continue to call us. Uh, I told you to call about what you what is your number one priority, what is the number one thing you want to see at WWDC and why it's important. Let's hear about it. I'd love to hear that. Call us at one 833 abxl That's 833-888-2295. And before we go, we got to do a shout-out. Thank you to my Platinum Apples who have supported us at the $100 level for patreon.com slash Brian Tong, Brandon Ledford, Terrence McElvee from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, and we got a new one, Wesley Freider. Thank you so much for your support, and thank you all of you for any level of support. Even five-star reviews on iTunes, I'm so down for that. It, we're, we're like crushing it. So thanks again, everybody. That's going to do it for this week. WWDC is close. It's coming. We want to hear about it and hear your thoughts, so remember to call in. But that's going to do it for this week. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Be safe. Peace. Peace.